Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management and Emergency Operations Conference Call. Today is March 21, 2019. We will hold this call tomorrow, but will not hold it over the weekend. The call will be held Monday, March 25th. Today's call is intended to provide congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, and the media an update on the Corps' actions in the basin with regard to water management operations and support to local communities, states, and the tribes. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. This call is being recorded and will be placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash slash USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. We will share this call and more information on our Facebook and Twitter site, NWD USACE. All lines have been placed on mute during this call. When we get to the question and answer session, period, please unmute your line to ask a question by pressing star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. I want to clarify that core emergency operations center lines are intended for emergency managers and levy partners. Members of the public use check 511 for road closures, 211 for other questions, and to look to their county and local emergency managers for further guidance. Today's agenda includes an update on the core actions and plan for managing water releases from the Missouri River Main Stem System, an update from the National Weather Service, an update on actions being taken by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Omaha District, and an update of actions being taken by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Kansas City District. With that, I'll turn it over to you, John. Thank you, Arlene. My name is John Remus. I'm the Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. Last evening, we, yesterday, we reduced our flows from Gavin's Point Dam to 24,000 cubic feet per second. Inflows into the Gavin's Point project have remained steady over the last 24 hours. At the current release rate, we are passing inflows. We will continue to evaluate the conditions and make additional reductions when conditions allow. We will share our revised release schedule in our daily update, which is found on our website. Our Gavin's Point and Fort Randall release reduction schedule has been shared with the National Weather Service's Missouri Basin River Forecast Center for input into their forecast. After my talk, Kevin Lau, the lead hydrologist for the River Forecast Center, We'll discuss the Missouri River forecast. Gavis Point Pool has, dried, has dropped below the surcharge pool. Pool elevation is currently 12, 1208.35 feet. The pool has dropped only 0.15 feet in the last 24 hours. Because inflows into Gavis Point Reservoir have not declined as quickly as expected, Port Randall discharges have remained zero. Regarding the, six pro the entire six-project Missouri River Mainstream system, we have 15.4 million acre-feet of the 16.3 million acre-feet of flood control storage, or 94% available to store up a basin runoff. 
We are reevaluating our March 1st runoff forecast. Preliminary indications are that the annual runoff in the upper basin will be more than what was forecast on March 1st. We will continue to monitor runoff conditions over the next few weeks as the temperatures in the upper basin warm up and the remaining plain snowpack melts. Our next official runoff forecast will be April 1st. One page weekly update that my office usually publishes on every Tuesday is now being published on a daily basis. We will continue to update this on a daily basis until mainstream system operations return to normal. This one page document summarizes system conditions and our short-term operational plans. You can find this update on the Missouri River Basin Water Management webpage, highlighted in yellow under weekly update. This concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. Great, John. With that, we'll turn it to you, Kevin Lau. All right, thank you. My name is Kevin Lau. I work for the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center in Kansas City. We continue to have major level flooding in the reach between Rulo and Atchison. The crest should reach St. Joseph tomorrow morning. It should reach the Leavenworth Atchison. Uh, reach on Friday and through the Kansas City reach on Saturday. We do expect um, some light rain this coming weekend, a uh, quarter to a half inch amounts. This will not add to the crest upstream of Kansas City, but may add to the crest downstream of Kansas City a few tenths of a foot. Uh, probably not, probably negligible. That's the rain this coming uh, weekend. Again, our focus is on the uh, snow melt ongoing in both Big Sioux and James Basins and the Vermilion. The um, projections uh, for the Big Sioux continue to decrease uh, as uh, we get a handle on the, uh, on the melt pattern. And so. Uh, earlier in the week, I was uh, stating that the contribution by the Big Sioux toward the end of this month would be as much as what the Big Sioux uh, contributed uh, during this past uh, week's uh, flood event. And now it's uh, much below. We believe it will be much below as far as the peak goes. The James, however, will, uh, toward the end of the month, uh, provide uh, as much flow, if not more, than what uh, it provided a week ago to the main stem. We continue to be in conversation, as Mr. Remus said, with the uh, Missouri Basin Water Management with regard to Gavin's point releases. And we continue to be in daily conversation with both the Kansas City District and the Omaha District with regard to levee uh, conditions. And for the past two and one half days, we've had a hydraulic engineer from the Kansas City District embedded in our, in our office, uh, helping us to model the interaction uh, with the levees as water goes in and out. Uh, and I believe that concludes my uh, flood potential brief for today. Thank you, Kevin. We'll give it to uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Starkle from the Omaha District. Good afternoon. I'm Lieutenant Colonel James Starkle, Deputy Commander for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Omaha District. The district's focus remains on ensuring public safety of our citizens and communicating the conditions on the river system to all our partners and stakeholders. The Corps continues to provide flood fight assistance to state, local, and tribal government agencies upon request. 
A risk of significant flooding due to the high plain snowpack in the North Dakota and South Dakota area, especially across eastern South Dakota, and unregulated James and Big Sioux River basins continues. I cannot emphasize enough that residents should continue to monitor the situation and keep in close contact with their local and state emergency management organizations to stay updated on evacuation plans and emergency conditions. Levee breaches can happen quickly or gradually and can occur when water overtops the levee and washes out a portion of the levee and can also occur at lower, lower water elevations as well. Warmer temperatures are forecasted across the region over the next week, as mentioned before, which will cause snow melt and potentially increase river levels. Today we began hydrographic surveys on the Missouri River to identify scour holes at the toes of levees to begin the process of assessing damage to levees. The district is scheduled to mail levee rehab letters on Monday the 25th of March so that sponsors can begin the process of requesting repairs if needed. Levees must be active in the Public Law 8499 program to be eligible for this. We also continue to perform daily surveillance operations on the levees south of Omaha, Nebraska, and have personnel today in Sioux City providing technical assistance to the city for high flows and snow melt. The city of Sioux Falls is also utilizing a core provided sandbag machine and has filled more than 14,000 sandbags to date. Additionally, today the core, uh, the district awarded a contract for a levy breach repair at Union Dyke under core authorities. The initial repair is to close the breach and the levy on the Platte River and work is to commence beginning uh, the next 24 hours. Colonel Hudson and his staff are scheduled to visit Pierce, South Dakota on Saturday to meet with state emergency management officials to discuss the flood forecast and the state's ability to respond to state or tribal requests for assistance. As you are aware, much of the levee system remains compromised. As of today, there are 43 confirmed breaches, um, and those breaches are located on the levees. L611 to 614, south of Council Bluffs, Iowa. L601, south of Glenwood, Iowa. L594, near Fremont County, Iowa. L575, in Fremont County, Iowa. L550, in Atchison County, Missouri. L536, in Atchison County, Missouri. R613, in Sarpy County, Nebraska. R562, in Nemaha County, Nebraska. Western Sarpy in Ashland, Nebraska, Clear, Clear Creek in Ashland, Nebraska, Union Levee in Valley, Nebraska, and R573 in Oto County, Nebraska. The remaining levees south of the Platte River down to Omaha District's southernmost border in Rula, Nebraska, remain overtopped, and our planning teams are developing plans to assess the damage to these levees as soon as possible. As usual, the Omaha District remains ready to provide flood fight material to state, local, and tribal emergency management agencies, and I will now be followed by a representative from the Kansas City District. Thank you, Inspector Starkle. Kansas City, are you there? Star 6, Kansas City. Kansas City on the line, do you have it? We got you. Good afternoon. I'm Rick Wesselbaum. I'm an emergency manager for the Kansas City District, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. We have three clear messages we wish to convey. Number one, the public needs to remain vigilant. Safety is our number one priority, and it should be yours as well. 
Number two, the Corps is closely monitoring conditions in the basin and providing information and assistance to state and local partners. And number three, the Corps is here and will be here long after the floodwater recedes, continuing to work with officials in the recovery phase of this event. We remain committed to providing world-class technical and direct assistance in southeast Nebraska, Richardson County, northeast Kansas, Donovan County, and northwest Missouri, Holton Buchanan counties. We have a tremendous team of 66 talented Corps employees who are decisively engaged in this high water event. In close coordination with the National Weather Service and the USGS, we anticipate the crest will impact St. Joe early tomorrow morning, followed by Atchison and Parkville early this weekend. We will continue to monitor conditions downstream from this reach as the water moves through our district's area of responsibility. As previously indicated, non-federal levees that have overtopped and breached are Union Township, Holt County Number 10, Holt County Number 9. Two non-program levees that have breached that we consider to be levees of interest are Holt County 15 and the Corning Levy. Yesterday, the non-federal levees of Cannon, Great Bowen Schwartz, and Bean Lake overtopped. Today, the Rushville Sugar Lake Levy and the Henry Pole Levy overtopped. We continue to project that an additional four non-federal levy systems that are active in the PL8499 program are at significant risk for overtopping. However, all currently continue to perform as designed. With respect to federal levy systems, MLRS 500R has overtopped on the Kansas side of the Missouri River. All levies, all levies previously referenced are on the Mississippi River, as you were, on the Missouri River in the state of Missouri, except for the Great Bowen Schwartz Levy and MLRS 500R. These last two levies are, on, are in Kansas. We have four mobile liaison teams and two instrumentation teams in the field providing technical technical assistance to levy owners and operators. As we speak, we are preparing to send more teams into the field. The district has issued a little over 474,000 sandbags to date. We have three of our automatic sandbag machines deployed, and we're beginning to receive and fulfill requests for PTO-driven gator pumps. The district currently has an inventory of about 3.6 million sandbags and other various flood site materials positioned throughout the Kansas district. Kansas City District. We are well equipped to provide direct and technical assistance. They have not yet had to adjudicate any resources. The no work zone, safety zone on the Missouri River from River Mile 300 upstream to River Mile 450, and a no use closure safety zone from River Mile 360 upstream to River Mile 550 remains in effect. We continue to provide support to the Kansas Department of Emergency Management, the Missouri State Emergency Management Agency, and FEMA Region 7. Our Emergency Operations Center will transition from Level 2 to Level 1 immediately following this broadcast with operational hours being 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We can be reached at 816-426-6320 anytime, any day. In summary, we're still in this. The flood event's not over. River conditions are still a threat to people, communities, and levy systems. Please be safe. As a reminder, the National Weather Service is the official forecasting agency for the U.S. government. 
Please plan your flood fighting efforts in accordance with their forecasts. Pay attention to National Weather Service forecasts, watches, and warnings, as well as local, county, and state emergency managers. Thank you. This concludes the district's remarks. Thank you. I'm going to manage questions based on groups and locations. We will start with congressional, tribal, state, and local governments, and then we'll move to the media. I will go by state in alphabetical order. Please wait for your group and state to be called. Remember to hit star six to unmute your phone. Be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. We'll start with the state of Iowa. Congressional, tribal, state, and local officials. Again, star six to unmute your phone. State of Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Hi there. I have a question. It's Steve Walsh calling with Congressman Vicki Hartler's office, Missouri 4. Okay. Uh, can you give us an idea when the worst of it uh, might hit Glasgow, Missouri, which ends up in our district, of course, uh, Glasgow, Missouri, say all the way down to Jefferson City? Kevin Brown, you want to answer that? Yes. So, again, this is Kevin Lyle with the National Weather Service. The crest at Glasgow um, is supposed to hit about Sunday night and Monday morning. Uh, it's currently it's currently around 28 and a half. should come up another two feet. Again, uh, Boonville uh, crest around Monday. Jefferson City. Monday, Gasconade, uh, Tuesday, same for Herman, Tuesday into Wednesday, Crest. Herman's uh, currently at 24. Uh, with this uh, added water, it'll go up another foot and a half. Does that answer your question, sir? Yes, as a matter of fact, it does. So what you're telling me basically, and this is, uh, I, I, I guess to some degree this is good news, that we're looking at a max, well, I mean, things can change, obviously, but we're looking at two feet uh, over, uh, over uh, what we're looking, what we have right now. Yes, sir, something like that. As, as the water moves downstream and attenuates, uh, meaning it gets lower, kind of flattens out, spreads out, gets lower as far as the peak crest. Very good. Well, thank you very much. That answers my question. Uh, I, I will say this, though, sir. Um, this is without any addition. Well, this is with um, just the rainfall this coming weekend. So any additional rain next week uh, would exacerbate the situation. As far as the models I've been looking at, we do not expect rain next week. We do expect rain uh, coming in next weekend, a week from Saturday, Sunday time frame. But by then, the crest should be... Um, through Herman. Very good. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Uh, we have discussed uh, Montana, State of Nebraska. Again, uh, congressional, tribal, state and local officials, star six to come off mute for any questions. Nebraska. Hi, this is Dean with Congressman Bacon's office, Nebraska in a second. And my question is for Lieutenant Colonel Starsell. 
Can you go into the Union Dyke uh, explanation a little deeper, please? Hey, this is Matt Crosty. Um, I'm the emergency management chief here at the Omaha district. That's spelled K-R-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. So the Union Dyke Breachlet, um, under our PL8499 authorities, we have authorization for initial repairs. So we can we can close the breach somewhere between the 10 and 25-year um, flow. It, it just depends on the situation in the area. That is what we are doing at that site. Thank you very much. We issued a, con we issued a contract uh, for, a, for material and construction. And you expect it to start in the next 24 hours? Yeah, I expect it to start today, and there's a six-day duration. That answered my last question. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Moving to North Dakota, or any other, excuse me, any others from Nebraska, star six. Okay, North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. All right, we'll move to media. I have South Dakota. Okay, sorry, South Dakota, and who is this, please? My name is Jessica Forbear, and I'm calling on behalf of Chairman Frazier of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. Okay. Go ahead. We are asking if if it is true that there's going to be a release at the Angastars Lake, and how is that going to impact the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe? Which lake is that, ma'am? Angastar. Uh, that's a Bureau of Reclamation project. Okay. This is John Remus. Uh, that's a Bureau of Reclamation project, and we don't uh, get their release schedules. Okay. You should contact the, uh, I'm not sure okay. which area office there. Okay, Matt Nelson. Uh, you could contact Matt Nelson of our, uh, our water control, uh, our Omaha District's water control session. His number is? Four zero two nine nine five two three zero eight. Okay. Second question, and if you can't answer them, you can just let me know. Um, are you, what What's your projection for the flood levels for Wasta coming this way? Kevin Lau, you want to take that one, please? Sure. Um, I am looking at our model, actually, I'm not looking at our official forecast. Um, what I'm seeing at Wasta is a crest of uh, approximately 17,000 CFS, uh, 11 and a half feet on 327. So that's 11.5 feet on 327. Okay. I will now go and see if we have an official forecast out for that location, if that that's okay. I'll, I'll need to leave my desk for a second. Okay. I just have two more questions, too. Okay. Go ahead with those. Okay. Um, third question, what are your projections for the Morrill River? Uh, that's another question for uh, Kevin Lau. Uh, what's your other question? 
um, just to give a report that here we have Route 8, Route 3, and Route 2 that are running over. Okay, thank you. We'll take that report and, and uh, check with our engineers to make sure they're tracking it. Okay. So do I just wait for Kevin then? Yeah, I think he was going to check that, so we'll give him just a second. Sure. Yeah, Eileen, go ahead with other questions, and I'll get back to this question when I have the answer. I apologize. No problem. So that's jump in when you get back. Um, so we'll move on. I had asked the state of Wyoming, um, congressional, tribal, state, local. I think we were about ready to move media. So state of Iowa media, star six to come off mute. Hi, this is Marjorie back with the Associated Press. Can you give me an idea, particularly along the Missouri, um, or what areas are of most concern right now and going into tomorrow for Iowa? That would be a Kevin Lau question, so we'll have to wait for him to get back. Okay. Can you spell Kevin's last name for me? It's L-O-W, like wow, pronounced wow, but L-O-W. Can you restate your question, please? My question was what areas are of most concern uh, going into tomorrow and the weekend along the Missouri for Iowa? Uh, Members, John Remus, uh, are you you talking about uh, river flows or are you talking about uh, infrastructure uh, problems? Um, I think I would ask first about uh, cresting, whether that already happened for most of Iowa. Um, if not, where do we expect crests along that? This water manager, Kevin Lau, indicated earlier the crests have passed gauges in Iowa. Okay. On the Missouri River. And so then my next question would be infrastructure uh, along that in, in Iowa. Is there any that uh, is of concern or that you're concerned to give or overtop in the next few days? I don't anticipate any additional overtopping in the next okay. few days. Um, the infrastructure that is inundated will stay inundated for the next few days until that water starts to come out of um, out of the low-lying areas. Gotcha. That was Matt Kratzky. Thank you. Any other questions, or did you want to um, see if Kevin Lau had any more information? Um, no, I think that that covers it. And, and just so you're aware, I'm asking questions from Nebraska and Kansas and Missouri. So I may come for a bit. <laughs> you may come back. Okay, no problem. Right, Kevin Lau, are you back on? Yeah, I haven't got an answer yet. I'm sorry, I haven't got an answer yet. Okay, we'll move to the state of Kansas then. Uh, again, this is Marjorie Beck with the AP, and I would ask, and I think what I heard earlier was there some concern at Atchison, Kansas. Is that correct? Uh, Mr. Wetzelbaum, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Hey, hey, John. Hey, this is Judd. I'm on the line. Can you hear me? We can. Hey, hey, I'm Jason Even. I'm the emergency management chief in Kansas City. So, 
Yes, we, we have concerns all the way from South Aruba, Nebraska, uh, down to about Leavenworth. Uh, we're closely monitoring our federal levy systems uh, through that reach. Uh, in and around Atchison, it's primarily non-federal levies on the Missouri side. Uh, right now, all of those are confirmed overtoppings in Rushville Sugar Lake, which is just directly across from Atchison, Kansas, has a confirmed overtop reach. Uh, but we still have concerns in that area uh, downstream. Our, our real focus right now is, is upstream of Atchison through the St. Joe Reach, uh, where they're still conducting flood fight operations. Over. And you're expecting a crest uh, in those areas tomorrow morning? Is that? Right? Uh, yes. Yeah. We're based on the weather, weather services river forecast. We're looking at a, a crest through the St. Joe Reach tomorrow morning. Of what? What would that crest be? I think the current forecast is 30.1 feet at St. Joe. And what's a uh, major flood stage there? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. Okay. But, uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit over major flood stage right there. Okay. Uh, concerns about um, infrastructure failing in those arees more uh, than we've yeah, our primary, you know, if our federal levy system uh, holds in that area, there shouldn't be too many infrastructure concerns. Uh, the levy at uh, Elwood, Kansas, R-471-460, uh, we pay particular attention to it because it was overtopped in 1993. So we put a considerable effort into assisting the levy owner operator there with uh, uh, levy controllables, performance monitoring, and providing technical assistance. Uh, they are currently... Uh, considering placing sandbags in certain locations, low spots on the left system. But right now, we do not believe it's going to overtop. It's right at St. Joe, uh, Missouri, right across the river in Donovan County, and it's the little community, Selwood, Kansas. Gotcha. Elaine, I'm back. Okay, real quick before we give it back to you, Kevin, um, Rick and Judge, can you each spell your names for the reporters, please? Sure, Judge Kenevan, first name Judge, J-U-D, last name's Kenevan, it's K-N-E-U, V as in Victor, E-A-N. Hey, this is Rick in Kansas City, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so Rick, R-I-C-K, last name I'll spell phonetically, Whiskey, Echo, India, X-Ray, Echo, Lima, Bravo, Alpha, Uniform, Mike. Thank you. Kevin Lyle, you can answer the uh, question related to Iowa. Uh, okay, so can I go back and ask, uh, answer the question about the Moreau first since I've got it up? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, so um, Moreau River at uh, Faith, we expect to get close to uh, <coughs> the mud, just minor flooding. Uh, our, our outlook, we do not have an official forecast on um, Moreau River at Whitehorse. But there's a high likelihood that we will see significant flooding um, toward the end of the month on the Maroon River at Whitehorse, perhaps even major. 
we have no official forecast out on Wasta, so the projection I gave earlier of 11 and a half uh, is still my best estimate. And then I did not catch what the Iowa question was, and I'm very sorry. I, I think I got my answer but to the question that I had on that, so thank you. Of course, yes. Did that answer um, the question on the Moreau and Wasta? For that original caller, if you need to press star six to come off mute. <laughs> my, my questions are answered. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Again, I apologize for the delay. No problem. Thank you. Uh, any more questions from the state of Kansas? Again, star six to unmute your phone. Missouri. Now, this is Marjorie back again with the AP. And I, I think we covered when we talked about Kansas, um, most of Missouri too, along the Missouri River. Um, are there some areas outside of St. Joe that are of uh, real concern that I missed? Kevin Lau, are there any tributary flows that are forecast for flooding uh, in Missouri? No, not in the near term. Uh, given springtime thunderstorm activity and the fact that we are wet, the soils are wet, we are still projecting that that will cause for um, minor to moderate flooding along most all the creeks within the Missouri Basin. There's a likelihood that we'll see minor to moderate flooding this spring over the next 90 days, next 90 days. Thank you. Okay, any other questions from uh, Missouri? Right, Marjorie, you wouldn't have to have Montana too, would you? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the four states. <laughs> okay. Uh, state of Montana. But you're back for Nebraska, right? I'm Marjorie. good. I'm good for Nebraska, yes. Okay. So okay anybody else have plague running through floodwaters, but <laughs> okay. uh, here's someone from Nebraska, Steve <laughs> Lieber from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, and that, I'm sorry? Steve Lieber, Omaha World Herald. Okay, great. Steve, go ahead. And, yes, I had a question regarding the, uh, the R616 levy, the one right next to off at Air Force Base. And I understand there's been some discussion over whether to breach that levee in order to drain all the water that's, uh, that's in and around off at Air Force Base. And I wonder if you made a decision one way or the other on, on uh, breaching the levee versus pumping it out and what the reason was for your, or is or was for your decision either way. I'll let Matt Krasky provide some information on that for you. Sure, Steve. So this is Matt Krasky. Uh, I'm Curb Engineers. I'm a district running as branch chief. Um, so first of all, we don't make that decision to intentionally breach any levies. It's our policy that we do not intentionally breach levies. Um, the, the sponsor did approach us about that yesterday. Um, we conveyed the same information. 
Um, as of this morning, they had decided not to intentionally breach that levy. They did come over and get three uh, flood pumps from us, and so right now they are moving the water uh, back into the river via flood pumps. And do you have any projections on how long that might take then? I really don't. I don't know, sir. Okay. And uh, so, so looking at how long it might take before Offutt Air Force Base might be able to be used again, um, have you, or do you know or have you been in consultation with anyone at the base about that? We, we have had um, folks here from the Omaha District talking to um, people at Offutt Air Force Base, but as far as timelines is getting their infrastructure back up, I, I don't have any of that information. That would have to come from Offutt Air Force Base. Okay. Thank you very much. Hi. This, this is Marjorie again, and I, just Steve's question made me think of one. Uh, I was wondering, because I haven't found out yet, the, the flooding at Offutt, was that caused simply by overtopping of levees, or was there a breach somewhere? It, it was caused by overtopping primarily. Okay. There was no breach that uh, fed into that. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, that brings up another question for me, because I've, I've talked to John Winkler at the uh, at the Papio Missouri River Natural Resources District, and he said that there was, in fact, a breach at 613, right, uh, or right next to the Platte River. Is is that incorrect, or, or is it just that we don't know for sure yet? Um, I would have to confirm that, Steve. I'm, I'm not sure. Are you talking 613 or 616, sir? 613. What he had told me was that 613 was breached and that it caused an overtopping of 616, uh, which led to the flooding at Offutt Air Force Base. And uh, so if that's incorrect, I'd like to know. It, it, this is Colonel, Colonel Hudson, the district manager. Yes, I believe that's correct. There, the 616 just was overtopped, but 613 does have a breach in it. Um, but it all really stems from the enormous surge down the Platte, and there's also a breach on the Iowa side in that levee system straight across from the Platte that's enormous, and so that whole area was affected. But the but we don't believe at this time that um, 616, the one around Offutt, has a breach in it. Now, once we get in there and start looking closer, perhaps we'd find one, but at this point we don't believe that's the case. Okay. Uh, any other questions for State of Nebraska? Yes, this is Joe Gordon with Blue Channel, Nebraska. Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. My name is Joe Gordon with Blue Channel, Nebraska. Okay, thank you. Thank Go you. ahead. Wondering what the core uh, response is to Senator Grassley's comments that the water releases from up north should have been lessened sooner than later. Uh, yeah, sir, this is John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Water Management Office. Uh, all of this uh, flow from up uh, above Omaha came out of largely uh, uncontrolled tributaries, and primarily out of the uh, uh, Niagara River Basin, uh, which runs directly into Gavin's Point, uh, the Gavin's Point Reservoir Pool, 
And Gavin's Point is a re-regulation reservoir with a very small amount of flood control storage, uh, which was overwhelmed uh, almost immediately. We did uh, raise the gates and uh, were able to surcharge that pool about 2.3 uh, feet, which uh, added a little storage. But uh, this came in below the main storage reservoirs of the Missouri River Basin. Um, there was really nothing we could do once that pool filled up but to uh, try and uh, minimize the, the flow out, out of that pool. This was, had nothing to do with the Missouri River Mainstream Storage Reservoirs. So, so the tide didn't have much choice, what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I, we did stop all of the flow out of Fort Randall, which is upstream. So the mainstream storage just did not have anything to do with this flood one way or the other. Had it been full or empty, it, uh, it wouldn't have made any difference. So the releases didn't, didn't play a part in the flooding? What's that? The, release, the water releases did not play a part in the flooding. The water releases did play a part in the flooding, but there was there was no way to prevent the releases from Gavis Point Dam. The pool the, the, the pool was full. Uh, the flood control there is very very small. It filled up in a few hours, and we had to uh, increase releases or overtop the the gates. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate the explanation. Thank you. This is Joe Gordon, so I have one additional question. The uh, town of Hamburg, the levee of Hamburg that was brought down, can someone explain how that played, what, how that decision was made to bring that levee down in Hamburg? You're talking about the levy around the city of Hamburg, not the federal levy that failed, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, this is Lieutenant Carl Sartre. So can you, can you say that one more time? I didn't, it's, it's a little bit hard to hear you over your, your motion uh, transmission. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to understand the, how the decision was made with the town of Hamburg to have that levy that was protecting the town uh, brought down. Uh, as I understand it, it was the court's uh, decision to tell that town they had to bring that, let that levy down. Is that accurate? Yeah. So this, this is Colonel Hudson, the district commander here. So back in, I, I believe you're referring to a temporary levy that was constructed back in 2011 um, as a protective measure for the city uh, during that flood event. Yeah. Um, so that was a temporary levy that was built. Um, that was not built to... Um, to the standards that a permanent levy is built for because they're, they are built as essentially emergency, um, in an emergency scenario. So following that flood, uh, the city and the state, and the city working with the state, you know, had a decision to make to, you know, upgrade the levy to meet, uh, the standards required, um, for a core levy or, uh, did they take the FEMA can pro would provide funds for them to remove the levy, um, the temporary measure. And so after an extended period of time, the specific timeline I don't have in front of me, the city made the decision they weren't able to get the sufficient funds needed uh, to transition from the temporary levy to the permanent levy. And so they made the decision to 
accept the FEMA funds to remove that levy um, before that timeline expired where, where they would just be stuck with essentially a, a long mound of dirt that may or may not actually provide much flood protection in the years ahead. Does that explanation make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay, any more questions for the state of Nebraska? Again, star six to unmute your phone. State of Nebraska. All right, moving to the state of North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Hey, Eileen. Sorry, it's Jerry. I was through W1AX. Hey, Jerry. Oh, uh, the, the questions come up. Congressman Dusty Johnson was in town today looking over things, and the New York Times story brought it up. I apologize if it's been asked before, but in that, they intimated that, John, you were not quoted directly, but it seemed to say that you had a choice of either uh, ramping up to 100000 or losing Gavin's Point Dam. Is that the case? Did you ever fear that? Was that a consideration that you could lose the gates? Yeah, this is John Ramos. Uh, it was a fairly dramatic statement in that article there. What we did on uh, Thursday evening was, uh, because we could not get one of the gates open at that time, we did an analysis of how far we thought we could overtop the gate, and uh, we wanted to not exceed that amount, which was two feet. So we ramped up the flows in an attempt to keep the overtopping to a minimum over that one gate so that we didn't... Uh, Fail that gate. I wouldn't classify it as that we were concerned about losing the gate. We just wanted to be as cautious as we could with the infrastructure so that uh, we could continue to control flows out of the dam. Yeah, there, there was at least one gate over top, wasn't there? A, a two or three at one point, you know, as, as a couple were frozen. Two over top, but uh, that uh, one one of the two last gates that were frozen down was raised fairly quickly. It was really just the one gate that was. Uh, uh, very frozen down, and it just took a long time to get it up. Uh, the crew at Gavin's Point Dam worked through the night uh, to get that gate up. So, yeah, would that have been a problem uh, if it continued to be over top? You know, obviously it's uncontrolled, but would that have been a structural problem? Uh, it could have developed into a structural problem if failed the gate. That was our concern with overtopping it by more than two feet. All right, thanks. Any other questions, Jerry? Thank you. Okay, uh, back to the state of South Dakota, just in case anyone had any problems coming off mute. <laughs> Wyoming? Okay, and then we'll open it to national press. Again, start to, to unmute your phone. Can you have a quick Iowa question I missed earlier? Yes, yeah, sorry, who is this? Morning Register. What was the name, I'm sorry? Kevin Hardy at the Des Moines Register. Okay, go ahead, Kevin, and then we have somebody after you. So. I just wanted to clarify. Did you say that there were 43 levy breaches um, along the river? And I also wanted to see if you had an Iowa-specific count of levy breaches today. I'll let Lieutenant Colonel Stars will provide you that information. Hello, sir. Yes, I, I did say 43 breaches, um, and those are on uh, both the, uh, that's total on both the Iowa and Nebraska side. I don't have the number right in front of me on the Iowa side, but we can certainly get that information to you. Okay, thank you. 
Thanks, Kevin. Any other questions? This is Steve Gorman from Reuters. From okay, Steve. Hi. So uh, I know that without trying to minimize the you know the long term threat of flood during the season, I just want to ask you. It seems as though that that that, that the various officials have said that they expect that the, the, the continued flooding of the Missouri River in the immediate days ahead, like through this weekend and into early next week, is unlikely to reach the widespread catastrophic scale seen in Nebraska and Iowa, like last week, in part because much of the excess flow has dissipated through numerous level levee breaches upstream that have left left water in the channel. Is that is that, is that a, a fair characterization? Can we get some more clarification on your, your question there, sir? Sure, you want me to repeat the question? Uh, yeah, that would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So, can you hear me okay? So, uh, I want to know if it's, if, it's, if it's accurate to say that, that the continued flooding along the Missouri River in the immediate days ahead, you know, into this weekend, into early next week, that it's not likely, it's unlikely to reach the widespread catastrophic magnitude that was seen in, you know, Nebraska and, and Iowa last week, in part because that much of the excess flow has dissipated, or I think you mentioned attenuated, through numerous levee breaches upstream, which have left that, and that's left less water in the river's channel as it means downstream. Is that, is that accurate? Is that about right? Uh, Kevin, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about how you account for a return flow, and then maybe we can add a little on to the, uh, to the back of that a little bit? Okay, I'll try. Um, so, you know, the, the primary driver, or one of the drivers of uh, this, this past week's event was rain on snow in Nebraska over hundreds of square miles. We had one to three inches of rain on four inches of snow, so that's equal to six inches of, a, of an event. And so that now has entered the channel, that has now entered the river system, the tributaries are now down, so the water is now in the channel and it's, it's being routed downstream and attenuated. And yes, we, we, we have lost water into the, um, into the overbanks behind the levees and so forth, but the primary driver is no longer there. With, there's, there's, not, there's no snow left in the area that, that um, began this event, and so... Um, there's, it's, it's unlikely. There's no, there's no driver. There's no forcing. There's no uh, reason why, in the near term, we would reach the levels that we've uh, experienced this past week. Uh, specifically regarding the, the, um, area, the, the volume behind the levees. Yes, that that water will uh, return back into the, into the river at a slower rate than it left. And so that will just be translated downstream. So I guess that's the best explanation I can offer to your question. Okay. But, okay, but, but I guess the first part of the question is that it is true that, that the, the flooding that we're going to see in the, in, the, in the next couple days at St. Joseph and Atchison and into Kansas City and then on down to Jefferson City, that's not going to be anything near 
uh, the, the de- devastation, it's not going to be nearly as bad as, as the previous flooding we, we saw at the beginning of this event, right? This is not, people are, I mean, people are, are sandbagging and they're preparing and, but I just, just want to give readers a sense of that this, the, the, the coming days are not expected to bring the same kind of catastrophic level of severe flooding that we've seen previously just now, correct? This is John Ramos with the water management. As you move downstream, and Kevin Lau maybe can follow up on this, they get more uh, channel capacity or flow conveyance uh, between the levees or even within the channel a little bit. Um, as far as seeing the, the type of devastation, I don't know, maybe Judd or or Rick, you could uh, talk a little bit about the levees that are going to be overtopped. Is there are levees that are overtopping in that area and some that may overtop, I believe? So uh, while the, the, the flooding from the Big Sioux River that Kevin, talk, Kevin Lau talked about earlier is going to happen and you're going to see another rise in the river in a lot of places, it's not going to be as high, but we still may in the next few days see some, some damage in the lower river or the lower part of this reach. So maybe uh, Judd or, or Rick, maybe you'd like to talk a little bit on that. Yeah, I'm here, John. Hey, this is Judd and even again. Um, uh, we, do, we have, we have uh, numerous non-federal levy systems that have sustained damage uh, that are breached, and uh, there are various small populations behind them. In the whole county area, we probably have this area within our uh, district is probably uh, 40,000 acres that are underwater. The population at risk there runs around 500, uh, 550 persons total. It's primarily agriculture. There are a lot of residences in there. Uh, when you get down into the areas that are protected by federal levees in the St. Joe area, the reason we're so concerned is it's a more urban industrial population, so we have eyes on there. We do expect that a lot of these levee systems, even if they perform as designed and we expect them to, are going to sustain some type of uh, damages, minor uh, uh, for most of them, but uh, we do expect to see a lot of requests for systems following this flood map. Over. Okay. All right. So, so the, I mean, you're saying that the, the, the threat of serious flooding remains, but uh, we, we, we're not going to see quite the level of, of of catastrophic flooding that we've seen just in the past, you know, uh, uh, last week. Uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't expect to see a lot of levee damages or a lot more uh, levee areas flooded. But it's always a possibility. You know, once you get eaten in Kansas City, we have a lot of non-federal levee systems. Uh, they already have quite a bit of water on them. Uh, anytime you put water on a levee system, uh, I think there's a dangerous condition uh, present. Uh, you never know how exactly how it's going to perform. Uh, just because it's performed well in the past is not a precursor to how it will perform in the future. Uh, so we're very cognizant of it. We're watching the weather service forecast. Our folks are interacting with them uh, multiple times a day. And we're also interacting with our levy stakeholders, owners, and operators to make sure those systems are performing, and then if they need assistance, uh, we can provide it quickly. Over. All right, thank you. And one last thing, uh, there were 43 breaches uh, on the Missouri in Iowa, along, on both sides, Iowa and, and Nebraska. I, I think if there's been no levy breaches to date in, uh, in the state of Missouri or Kansas, that's not that's not correct. We still have not done our damage assessment, but we do have confirmed 
uh, levies over top and breach in the state of Missouri, and uh, we have uh, at least one uh, in the state of Kansas. Can you give us an, a, 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 an idea of what, roughly how many levies you think you have over top or breach along the, in the state of Missouri? Hey, Rick, can you pull that number up? I'm sorry, I'm not sitting in the office. Sorry. Sure, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, hey, this is Lieutenant Colonel Starts. I just wanted to clarify that number earlier. When I said 43 confirmed breaches, that was in the Omaha District stretch river. So that did go into uh, the upper part of uh, the state of Missouri, and then uh, Kansas right. City would have to clarify okay. that. Right, right. Okay, thank you. Okay, hey, so, like, from, from our perspective, I, I can tell you, like, so, right hey, now... Hey, this is Rick. you have us? Yeah, you got it? Hey, yeah, the numbers for uh, for Missouri is seven, and for Kansas is two. Those are breaches and overtops, or, or one or the other? Those are, those are breaches, overtops, or overtops and breaches. Okay, seven in Missouri and two in Kansas. Okay. Thanks. Roger. That's the Kansas City District. Roger, that's correct, sir. And those were and all the ones we're talking about in both districts are federal, federal or non-federal uh, levies, correct? Those are federal and non-federal numbers, sir. Okay, public levies. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Hey, so for for the Kansas, for the Kansas City district, we have one federal levy system, R five hundred, is upstream of St. Joe on the right bank in Donaldson County, Kansas, that is confirmed overtop. Uh, we have not confirmed it breached, but we have confirmed it overtop. That's the first time since 1993 that the Kansas City District has had a federal levy over top. Over. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Okay. Any other national press? Any final questions before we adjourn? Star six to unmute your phone. We appreciate your participation today. We will hold another update tomorrow at the same time, 3 p.m. Central. We will not hold calls over the weekend. Was there somebody out there with a question? I'm sorry. No. Okay. Again, appreciate your participation today. We'll hold another update tomorrow at the same time, 3 p.m. We will not hold any calls over the weekend. We will come back on Monday, 3 p.m. Thank you.